The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the community of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Also with you. Let us pray. O Lord God, you bring before you, we bring before you the cries of a sorrowing, sorrowing world. In your mercy, set us free from the chains that bind us and defend us from everything that is evil. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the first reading is from Isaiah 65. I was ready to be sought out by those who did not ask and to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call on my name. I held out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and offering incense on bricks who sit inside tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat swine's flesh with broth of abominable things in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. These are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day long. See, it is written before me, I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their laps, their iniquities and their ancestors' iniquities together, says the Lord. Because they offered incense on the mountains and reviled me on the hills, I will measure into their laps full payment for their actions. Thus says the Lord. As the wine is found in the cluster and they say, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. So I will do for my servants' sake and not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, inheritance of, inheritors of my mountains. My chosen shall inherit it and my servants shall settle there. The word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Today's gospel reading is from the gospel of St. Luke, chapter 8, starting at verse 26. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As Jesus stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wild. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. The demons begged Jesus not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them into these, enter these. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the shepherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country, the Gerasenes, asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. 
The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with Jesus. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated at this time. I invite the little Lutherans to come forward. Because I'm going to talk and Daddy's going to hand out the treats. All right, good morning. Okay, that's enough of that. Welcome back, everybody who wasn't here last week. Hello. Okay, was anybody listening to the gospel story just now? No? Okay, what was it about? It was about the Bible. It was from the Bible, yeah. It was about Jesus. Jesus was in it. Kind of about what some people told Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, Gavin, what were you going to say? I know nobody knew there was going to be a test. What were you going to say? That's fine. So in the story, um, that's the gospel story for today that we just read, um, there was a guy um, who was possessed by demons, which basically, like, there was something going on inside of him that was bad and that made him act really, really weird. He was acting so weird that um, the people wouldn't let him live in town, and they chained him up so that he couldn't, like, come running after them or anything like that, okay? And Jesus was there, and what, he, what did Jesus do? He, he helped him. He helped him, yeah. He got all the demons out of that guy's body, so then the people from the town came and saw he was acting totally normal, and they were, they were really amazed. So here's my question. Who does God love? Jesus. Yeah. Everybody. God loves everybody, right? Did God love his followers, his friends? Mm-hmm. Does God love you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what about that guy who was acting really, really, really weird? Yes. Yeah, he did. And did he love him just after he was healed and acting normal again? When does God love people? Everywhere. All the time. Even when they're sick. And when they're acting weird, or there's something wrong inside their body or inside their mind, or there are demons possessing them, when something really bad is happening, God loves everybody all the time, even before they're back to normal, okay? So every once in a while, you guys will meet somebody who's, who's acting weird, right? You've probably already met some people at school who act weird sometimes, who do bad things, make bad choices, right? And I want you to remember that God loves them even when they're doing bad things, okay? God loves everybody all the time, and so can we, okay? All right, let's pray. 
Dear Lord, thank you so much for loving us, for loving everybody all the time, even when other people do bad things and when we bad do bad things. Thank you for loving us and always taking care of us and help us to love everybody that you have made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that on this gorgeous morning that we can worship and praise you at this time. We ask you, Lord, as we always do every time we're gathered here, that you would continue to open our hearts, renew us, transform us according to your will. But now, Lord, allow us to feel your presence, to hear your word, and to resolve to do the work that you've set before us once again. Now, Lord, speak to us. In your name we pray. Amen. So in the Bible, there are multiple themes that weaves through the entire Bible. Uh, the theme of salvation is pretty prominent, especially in the New Testament. The theme of God's relationship weaves through the entire gospel, uh, uh, Bible from the be very beginning with the creation of man all the way to Jesus dying on the cross, resurrecting, and even Paul and Revelation. And, but you know, there's one that escapes a lot of us, and we don't really often realize, but it but it's weaves quietly underneath all of that, is the idea of gratitude. The idea of gratitude what, that, um, that, we, um, that we often miss. Uh, there are multiple times in our um, Bible that we come across moments where there are some expressions of gratitude and we sometimes don't even realize it. Moments that um, are very powerful by itself, but because of our society, perhaps we don't seem to understand it. And today's gospel text is one of those. In fact, it was so important that it's um, on the side of your screen. Well, it was. <laughs> and, uh, and so the idea of this man that... Um, was possessed by demons, the whole, the whole society around him at that time completely got rid of him. They threw him out of the city and put him out, out on the um, outer edges of the society, uh, outside the wall. And you got to understand, the word demon is the Greek word back then that meant anything that was irrational. It didn't mean, and back in those days, it didn't always necessarily mean that it was evil. The word demons only became evil with the, with the medieval church. But the word demon was really meant that anybody that was acting irrationally was filled with some sort of irrational being or spirits. And so one way of looking at this man was that he was being utterly irrational. And back in the time of Jesus, the biggest thing that you, the most, the biggest mistake you can be is to be irrational. And to be irrational back then was to have no self-control, to have, to make no sense, to do things that was not in the interest of yourself or of society. And so 
Therefore, if you were irrational or deemed irrational by society, you were considered demon-filled and just left out on the edges of your town or community in which you lived. And so this guy, obviously, was filled with irrationality, and he was living out on the edges of the society of that of Gerasia. So, Jesus then meets him, and what does Jesus do? He does, he meets the irrationality with an act of irrationality. Because if we are really honest about it, all healing activities are irrational. It doesn't make sense to us. We can't explain it. It is something that is beyond human comprehension. What is healing? How do we explain healing? It's not scientific, is it? So therefore, in many ways, one of the reasons why Jesus was always in trouble was that he did so many things that were irrational. And so, Jesus meets irrationality with irrationality. And there, he changes this man's life. And he changes the way society understood, you know, behaviors. If you thought about it, if you think, well, there was one sentence in there in which it's where the townsfolk comes and they say, gee... He's actually acting normal. And what they're saying is he's not the irrational guy that we're used to. How could that possibly be? And the man understanding it, he turns around and he says, thank you, thank you, what can I do? And this is the moment that the Bible, that we miss so much in the Bible. This is the moment where Jesus tells him, be grateful with what has happened, but don't just be grateful, go on and share it. So much of our lives today, we are so focused on being thankful, being grateful, but we don't share our gratefulness. It's a momentary experience for us. And Jesus here tells the man, if you want to be grateful, go share that grateful. Go pass it forward. Go live out a grateful life. Be that grateful being that I now see before you. And if you read through Jesus' ministry, It is one grateful act after another. The people that get get grateful or that are blessed with gratefulness are people that are the least of this earth. I mean, think about the Beatitudes, the blessed people. The people who are grateful are the people who the world often don't see as having any sort of place in their world. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the meek. Those are the ones that the society would often think as wimpy, weak. Those are the people that if you read through the word, through the Beatitudes, what you see is that the word blessed in the Greek word can also be translated as to be blessed are those who are grateful. The word blessed has also a meaning of gratefulness. Grateful are the peacemakers. Grateful are the poor. Grateful are the meek. And in some Bibles, they translate it as happiness. But the actual translation of that Greek word is gratefulness. And then there's one really amazing story in the Bible that really speaks to the gratefulness idea. And that is Zacchaeus. You guys know Zacchaeus? How big was this man? He's a wee little man, right? How many of you have thought about, great, uh, about Zacchaeus since that song? Since you have learned that song? You have, I know we were talking about it, right? Right? But most of us have never thought much about Zacchaeus. This is a man that lived 
back, you know, a million years ago, and we learned it through learned about him through the song, and then that's the end of how we think about it. But that is an amazing strong, uh, story of gratefulness. Here's a man that was hated by society because he had to do something that was so vile, but it was so necessary. He had to be the tax collector. Who likes tax collectors? Who loves April 15th, except for Grant, right? Isn't he born that day? Yeah, all right? Most of us don't, but we have to do it. There's always gonna be a tax collector. Who knows by name your tax assessor in your community? How many writes Christmas cards to her, him? How many invites him, her, to the Thanksgiving dinner, right? Um, so Zacchaeus was in a position that was vilified by people below him and distrusted by people above him because he was able to skim money and steal money from others. So he got wealthy. And then when Jesus engaged him, he turned his life around. And what does Zacchaeus do? Do you remember the story? What does he do? He goes and sells his property. He doesn't sell it. He gives it away. And he ends up living a life of gratefulness. These two stories of Zacchaeus and this Gerasene demoniac story are two examples of multiple examples in which people, when they have been touched by God, by Christ, their gratefulness doesn't become just a momentary thank, moment of thanks. It becomes a life-altering event. It becomes a time or, or an event that changes how they perceive life, how they live life, it becomes a moment in which their whole world is changed. Gratefulness, authentic gratefulness, is not just a momentary thing. It's a lifetime. It's a transformation. It's a moment in which we don't ever see the world ever again the same way as we used to. And it's so critical in our Lutheran theology that, the, that we celebrate it every time we do communion. In fact, the long set of prayers that I do that has the words of institution in it, it's called the Eucharistic prayer. The word Eucharist is another word of Greek that means thanksgiving, the great thanksgiving. We are part of this, we believe, I should say, in this idea that we are always living a thankful life, a grateful life, and every time we celebrate communion, we're not just celebrating becoming one with Christ, through the body and wine, or through the body and blood, but that we are gratefully doing so. That, and then what happens through the act of communion is that we are then altered and we are changed, we are transformed into that being where we are so grateful we live a life, where we share that gratefulness with others. What Christ did on the cross and on that Easter Sunday is not a one-time event for us, and it's not a five-minute event for us on the Sundays we have communion, but it's an everlasting, enduring moment, every moment of our lives. That's how gratefulness is, um, is exemplified. And so the text for today is about the Gerasene demoniac, but the highlighting part of it is at the very end of our gospel text where he says, I'm so grateful, what can I do? And Jesus go, and he says, go and live it. And so the challenge for us is we, too, ought to be the kind of person that that Gerasene demoniac became. He became a living, breathing being of gratefulness, a great ball of grateful energy that is always going out and seeping into the various communities in which he lived. And, and then, think of Zacchaeus, his life has changed. He doesn't become, he resigns, basically become from being a tax collector, and he now spends the rest of his life in what we can figure out, just serving God's people. 
To be grateful as a Christian is to be about knowing that we are so dependent on God. We are dependent on his love, his grace, his enduring mercy. And because of that, we then live it and know it and feel it in our bones. And we share that amazing, amazing gift with others. Gratefulness is not only a gift. It is also a lifestyle. So I invite you in this time, in this place, that we allow Christ to change us, to mold us, to transform us into grateful beings so that the world around us will know that we are children of God, inheritors of that great gift, and spreaders, I should say, of all that he gives to the world. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that you continue to mold us and guide us and transform us. Lord, let us be more like the transformed Gerasene demonia or Zacchaeus after he had dinner with you. Allow us to see where we need Christ so much. Allow us to see how we can share that gratefulness with those who don't understand it and perhaps need it deeply. Lord, allow us to always live a life that exemplifies thanksgiving, gratefulness, and compassion and grace that you give to us. In your name we pray, amen. Let us confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Joining our voices with God's people around the world, let us offer our prayers for those in need. For all servants of the gospel, for the church throughout the world, and for all who sing the praise and glory of God, that through the gift of faith all declare the wonderful name of Christ, let us pray. Have mercy, O God, for the well-being of creation, for mountains and lakes, for fields and forests, for plants and animals, that God lift up good stewards to care for the entire earth. Let us pray. Have mercy, O God, for the nations and their rulers, for aid workers and people in war-torn areas, that God raise up leaders and advocates to work for the equality of all. Let us pray. Have mercy, O God, for all who cry out in need, the hungry and poor, the downtrodden and outcast, the grieving and the sick, especially Herman, Bruce, Hulda, Christine, John, Eileen, Ray, Roger, Wilbur, Linda, Randy, Ed, Kay, Edna, Thelma, Carl, and Carol, that all know that God is near and hears their cries. Let us pray. Have mercy, O God for teachers preparing for those for the upcoming school year, for those who are traveling and absent from worship, and those who visit our congregation. 
Let God's love lead them to the, in their daily vocations. Let us pray. Have mercy on for all baptized in Christ's death and resurrection, including those who have died, confident that we may that we belong to you in life and in death. Let us pray. Merciful God, you hear the prayers of your people even before they are spoken. We commend these and all our prayers to you, trusting in your abundant mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. rise. Let us pray together the offertory prayer. Blessed are you, O God, for the greening earth gives unto all, for the talents we are given to share, and for this bread and wine. Transform us to the body of Christ, that feasting on this food and drink, our lives may reflect on your generosity through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who forgives all our sins, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. Seek in reconciliation with God and neighbor. Let us remember the gift of baptism and confess our sin. God of mercy. We confess that we have sinned against you, against one another, and against the earth entrusted to our care. We are worried and distracted by many things, and we fail to love you above all else. We store up treasures for ourselves and turn away from our neighbors in need. Forgive us that we may live in the freedom of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. When we were laid low by sin and guilt, God made us alive together with Christ, forgiving us all our trespasses by taking our sins to the cross. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Rejoice in this good news. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now receive the benediction. Live your lives in Christ, rooted and built up in him and abound in thanksgiving. And the blessing of the Holy Trinity, one God, be upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Our closing hymn is, num is uh, Saved by Grace 260.
peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us share that peace.